Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Needs, necessities, we all have them as human beings, there's no doubt about it. There are certain basic necessities that we need. Uh, please enjoy this clip by Dr. Stevens about repentance. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. I don't have to have faith tonight. If I wanted to work up some, I couldn't possibly do it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 7 verse 18 that within my flesh dwelleth no good thing. The Bible says in Isaiah 1, 5, that from the soles of my feet, even under my head, there's no soundness in it from divine viewpoint. But wounds and bruises and putrefying sores, they have not been closed, neither mummified with ointment. My whole country is desolate. The Bible says tonight that the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint of every single unsaved individual across the world. Tonight, we don't need to repent. We need Christ who will then produce repentance within us by His faith, through His Word, by His Spirit, without doing nothing but coming. So the primary theme of that short snippet was about repentance, that clear premise that what we need, what we need, what we need is Jesus, really. The necessities of life, the, and our bodies need things, and we see around the world these great tragedies that are going on, disasters on monumental levels, tsunamis, earthquakes, storms, that leave whole areas decimated. Think about food, clean water, shelter, clothing. And you see people that are in a tragic situation, but it's not like they can go over to their neighbor and their neighbor can help them because their neighbor has been in the same tragedy that they've been in. And... They need outside help to come in. They need something dramatic to happen. And there are parallels of these basic human needs in the scriptures. God talks about them. We're going to go over a few of those right now. I think there's great insight in these passages. And food. In Matthew 4.4, 4, we, we don't live by bread alone, right? We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Job 23:12 says, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We eat the word of God. And what does that mean? And physically we know our bodies need food, need food to grow. We need food to have energy. It's very simple. Likewise, though we would say our physical body has needs, our soul also has needs. And this food and truth, as we're being fed a steady diet of truth, biblical truth, is good food. It's good nourishing food for our soul. Our spirit responds. The Holy Spirit brings the meal of the Word of God, the, the knowledge about the character and nature of Jesus Christ, about God's plan, illumination. And it's food to our soul. Our soul is... Um, very connected to our body and our spirit is connected to our soul and in this trinity that we see in mankind that parallels the trinity uh, the glorious divine trinity of the father the son and the spirit our soul needs that nourishment 
And the Word of God brings that in Psalm 119, 131. I opened my mouth and panted, for I longed for thy commandment. The scripture gives definition, really that word commandment there, it's talking about specific definition about what to do, what not to do. And we need that. We need that direction by given by God for our daily situation. When we have that direction and we face the challenge of the day, in a sense, we have that energy we need in order to function, in order to, in order to make good decisions. Jeremiah 15:16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name. Isn't that good? The word was the joy and rejoicing of the heart. I love that. Just like there are certain meals, maybe that you would that have special meaning to you, we would say mom is cooking, or certain comfort food. That it's not just things that we eat just purely for nourishment, but things that we really truly enjoy, and they and they have a, we have a history with, and some people are connected to their own cultural food. They're, National, some were from their hometown, some were from the country where they grew up in. And when they have that food, when they even smell that food, um, it brings back great memories and there's great joy associated with it. And I think we really, we get a history with the Word of God. We have, it comes from our God, our Savior, our King, who loves us and has shown us His love over time. And we, we find the Word of God and we eat it. We eat it up. Because, for I am called by thy name. <laughs> I love your words because I am called by your name. My spirit is born of your spirit, God. My, our spirit is born of the spirit of God. We were made alive again. And our, our soul unilluminated is now illuminated because of the work of the Spirit of God. And we are like unto Him. That's amazing. We're born of Him. We're His children. We're His brethren. So when he, we hear His words, there's something about it. It's like a tuning fork making the right sound and the instrument makes the right sound and lines up with that tuning instrument and there's a harmony that's there. We hear it, that truth comes to us, and we know that it's true. And it allows us to grow. It allows us to grow into who God's made us to be. In one sense, God's made us to be an oak tree, and, I, and we are oak trees. We, we, we are a certain kind of tree, a certain species. So in, in that real way, the moment we were born from above, we are spiritual, whether we're an advanced spiritual mature believer or just the newest believer just newly freshly realizing what God has done for them that very first day that very first week filled with joy and peace and zeal about this new life that isn't really totally understood we're of that same species but we grow the word of God comes gives definition it's light and it's food for us and we grow we grow into this person who we already are.
<laughs> but a person who can produce fruit. I'm not a, we're not saplings any longer. We grow into a mature fruit-producing tree that produces fruit and gives shade to those around them. That maybe brings us to our second point, which would be shelter. Our God is a strong tower from the enemy. In Psalm 61.3. Psalm 121.5. The Lord is a shade upon thy right hand. I love that. He's a covering. He's a shelter. He's shade on us to keep us from getting overheated, to keep us from getting sunburned, to keep us relaxed, really, to keep us safe. In Isaiah 61.3, we're called trees of righteousness. We're like him. But he is our shelter. We need shelter. It's a basic human need. We need water. In 1 Corinthians 12.13, we are made to drink into one spirit. Isn't that good? I love that verse. We drink. There's the word of God is spoken about as water, the spirit of God. Two sides of the same coin in one sense. In 1 Corinthians 10.4, it's that same spiritual drink that we drink in the body of Christ. There's a washing of the water of the word. We drink of the spirit. We're washed by the word. Proverbs 5.15 Drink waters of thine own cistern is good advice. <laughs> There's something about that. That water source, it needs to not only be a it needs not only to be in quantity, but it, the quality of a water source. Clean water is very, very important. Impoverished areas and disaster ridden areas. It's the first one of the first human needs that becomes apparent is the need for clean water. In Hebrews 10:22, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now it's talking about the blood sprinkling our conscience. It's talking about physical baptism there. In Acts 22:16, wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Yes, arise, be baptized. Wash away your sins. By calling on the name of the Lord. Those two statements are linked together. Somehow I call upon the name of the Lord, the character of the Lord. In 1 John 1 9, I confess my sin. God's faithful and just to cleanse me. I'm washed of this unrighteousness, of the consciousness of sin. There's that initial baptism of the Spirit that happens at the moment of my salvation. And it, and it is something that some people experience in a profound way, emotional catharsis, and some people do not. And yet the scripture is very clear that this happens to us at the moment we believe we're baptized into the Spirit. That physical baptism that happens later on is a choice that we make. It's a, it's a testimony of our discipleship, of our going forward as learners of Christ, recognizing what's already happened to us. Psalm 42.1 As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O Lord. We're thirsty. We're thirsty for the word of God. We're thirsty for the spirit of God to make known the character of God to us. Anyone who's been a believer maybe has had these, what we would call, a dry season. Things just don't seem to be as fresh to us. They seem 
the word doesn't speak seem to speak to us. It doesn't hit us in the profound way. We, maybe it seems like we have difficulty hearing from God. We were thirsty, longing for God. And those seasons happen to everyone, and and they're not the result of sin. <laughs> they may be cut off from fellowship with God because of personal sin. Sure, and if we have chosen to operate in a sinful way without repenting of our acts, then although God is waiting to be gracious to us, we want to fellowship with him for that period of time. We may enter into a cycle of chastisement in order to bring about a place where there will be repentance. There will be peaceable fruits of righteousness produced in our lives where we can produce fruit again. God is patient during those times. But this kind of panting, this is the maybe this, the plan of God, and there are seasons in the plan of God where there seem to be drought. There seems to be transition. God doesn't change. And yet we are in some mode of spiritual growth, of formation. Maybe you would call it an in-between stage. But often it has nothing to do with our performance. It's purely the plan of God. And we, by faith, continue in what we know to be true. We make decisions in our mind, and our emotions will follow and eventually respond, like train cars behind the locomotive. <laughs> our mind is that locomotive, and those our emotions are those cars behind. We keep going forward on the tracks, and those cars follow. The water washes us. The water cleanses us. Husbands, wash their wives with the water of the word by having divine perspective, by being nourished up, by having a cup that overflows. and um, We're in the book, and we're listening to preaching, and we, we're meditating on ideas, the ideas that come from heaven, that are sourced there, where our affections are set in those heavenly places with the mind of Christ, thinking divine thoughts, and then expressing those thoughts in an organic way in our relationship with our wives, with our children, with our families. And it, and it serves to wash. It cleanses the atmosphere. If I'm living in holiness, my home will have a godly atmosphere. And that works not only for the man of the house, but for any member of the house that makes decisions to operate in this way. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. They bear the presence of God with them and it has great effect on the people around them clothing. There's food, there's shelter, there's water, there's clothing. Isaiah 61.10. He hath clothed me with the garment of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness. Oh, I love that. We wear it like a robe, don't we? There are those great passages about the armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, and there's a robe there's a robe of righteousness. There's a shield of faith. <laughs> There's a sword of the Spirit. When I put on Jesus Christ. I, I put off the old man and I put on Jesus Christ and I'm covered. First Peter 5, 5 says we're to be clothed with humility. And amazing, the, the character and nature of God when we're operating in it, it serves as clothing for us. It's a barrier for the outside elements of spiritual warfare that are going on, but it also, like a like clothing does in 
for our physical bodies. It keeps us warm and adorns us. So does the character of God. So does humility. Humility is not something I produce. Humility is something that God produces in me because I've become reliant to receive the grace of God from him. I walk in the glorious gospel of grace. I live as a, as a, as a learner of Jesus Christ. I'm moving and walking filled with the Spirit, meditating on the book, and God is producing fruit through my life. I'm abiding in the vine, and God produces the fruit with my participation, but not my production. It's a mystery, but it's amazing. And then suddenly it becomes clothing. Beautiful how God meets our needs. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Now back, going back to that original very small clip in the beginning repentance, turning away from sin, but really turning to Jesus Christ is what I need. Not focus on myself, on my actions, on what I've done, on getting myself right. I can't get myself right any more than you can get yourself right or anyone can get themselves right. But when I hear the truth that God loves me in spite of my sin, that he's made a provision for us with a cross, bearing the penalty of sin, absorbing death, swallowing it whole, tasting it, so that we don't have to. That meets the deepest need of the human heart, which is to be in fellowship with God. God's put eternity in our hearts. We long for more than what just this world can offer us. We long for that relationship with God. As the saying goes, there's a God-shaped hole in our hearts. Only He can fill. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com So, you can have that need met. You have it tonight, have it today, wherever you are listening to this program. Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the one who meets our needs on the deepest level. The need for forgiveness, the need for significance, the need for recognition. Every human being needs those things, tries to get them in different ways. But really, they're there in the person of God. He's waiting to be gracious to you. But you need to receive the gift of salvation if you've never done that before. Before any of those other things can come. Or you'll be trying to meet your own needs for the rest of your life. And falling short. Either far short or just short. It doesn't matter. When we breathe our last breath, to fall short means to be in an eternity separated from God. So pray a prayer with me, Lord Jesus. I know that you love me. 
because you died for me 2,000 years ago. You died for the world, but you died for me. You paid for my sin. I don't understand it all, but I know if I call upon your name, you'll answer. Someone who would be willing to die for me would come into my life and help me now, if I ask. You rose from the dead, so I pray a prayer. Come into my life. Make me whole. Meet my needs. Save my soul. I'm asking today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, contact us. Go to the website, www.graceinpublic.com. Their email address is there for you to contact us no matter what state you may be in. If you don't live in those areas, contact us anyway. We'd love to hear from you and connect you with a place where you can hear the word preached on a regular basis <laughs> and you can grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.